0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Thursday. It is the 24th of June. I appreciate you all joining me today. So yesterday, uh, it was a short episode. I just needed a day to um, be grateful, and I couldn't express my uh, words, and I couldn't find stories. I just... I couldn't concentrate and focus the way I I um I do usually, and that's okay. I want you to understand things that um you know we all have days where where we need a day off. Um, yesterday was a positive need for that, so uh, I I took it to just do a little quick thank you. Maybe you listened yesterday, but um. That's not the only reason that you could use a day off sometimes. Alright, there's a whole plethora of reasons that people take a day off. And not always is it positive. Oftentimes it's more negative. But don't feel bad for your need for a personal day. Whether it's from work or from friends or from family. Take some time for yourself. It's alright to take a day off. It's okay to say... I am not in the right headspace today. I, I need a day to you know get my mind together, collect my thoughts, whatever the case may be. We get so bogged down with having to do all the time that we sometimes forget about what we need. And in some moments, what we need is to step back, focus in on ourselves in a different way, and then find what is going to help us move forward. Either positively or negatively. I'm talking about reflection on. And then hopefully you move forward in a positive way. And that's where I am now. I, I needed yesterday to, to be grateful. To, to take time to really think about why I'm grateful. And what I'm grateful for. And uh, you know, say my thank yous. And today propel myself further forward. I hope you can do the same thing. All right. Thank you for joining me. We're going to get to it now. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and you are listening to The Daily Optimist. My first news story today comes between a uh, US and Germany um, new coalition, I guess is the word I'll use, as they've launched a new initiative to stem an alarming rise in anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial around the world. All right, and this is coming from ABC News, an article by Matthew Lee, Um, and it's uh, so... As we know, there has been a a big rise in anti-Semitism and uh, Holocaust denial. A lot of that comes from um, the increase in Trumpism in the U.S. Um, that's not solely. You know, we have had Marjorie Taylor Greene talk about it as well and say some terrible things. I'm not going to repeat them. Um, she's not the only we had the unite the right rally several years back and in, um and in, uh, was it uh south carolina north carolina i believe one of the carolinas but germany has also seen it uh rise so what they have done is the two governments again this is according to the article the two governments announced uh the start of the u.s germany holocaust dialogue that seeks to reverse the trend that gained traction during the coronavirus pandemic amid a surge in political populism across Europe and the U.S. The dialogue creates a way to develop educational and messaging tools to teach youth and others about the crimes of Nazis and their collaborators. So, in the U.S., there is an attack against CRT, which is critical race theory, which is a course that is taught in colleges and it's around law mostly and legal issues. And it dives into the systemic issues that uh, are within uh, racism and this and the, how they have played out. Um, and then again, as I as I state, there's also n- now this need for this teaching against the crimes of uh, or about rather the crimes of Nazis and their collaborators. This is such a fascinating thing because you learn about the Holocaust in school, or you at least you should. Um, the The article talks about this kind of uh, idea that because the Holocaust survivors are are now um, this is hundred years later almost, so they're starting to you know die. Um, and so the memory is not quite the same so it changes things when the last of the people are no longer alive uh so as the the world grapple, grapples with this you know um, anti-semitism or this white supremacy um germany feels that they have to a uh, big part of it because Obviously, Germany is where it happened. Um, As uh, the German leader, he is the uh, German foreign minister, Heiko Maas, is working with U.S. uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. But Maas said, In recent years we have seen anti-Semitism and racism eating into our society. Just think of the yellow star badge as seen at demonstrations against COVID measures of the torrent of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories on the internet, or the attacks on synagogues and on Jewish people living in our countries, of the rioters in front of the Bundestag, or the rampaging mob in the U.S. Capitol. You know, like I said, with the, um, the number of Holocaust survivors diminishing, it's becoming more detached. And I wonder how... Uh, what exactly they're gonna implement? It, it's uh, you know there's not in-depth reporting on this yet because this is just the beginning of the of the talks. But it's amazing how Germany feels a responsibility to to make sure that people understand uh, the Holocaust and Nazis. But in the U.S., we um, we don't like to allow for a full scope of. Of the atrocities that we have committed here. I sure hope that we can uh, get through that and do better. And get a more solid teaching foundation for all students. Because again, this is important that you understand so you don't let it happen again. How to combat it now. Interesting article. We'll see more on that hopefully soon my second story comes from mpr and it's by andrea Hassou. sue I, I think i'm saying her name right and it's about how in america there are um millions uh, saying i quit to their jobs um as the post-pandemic era well i mean technically we're still in the pandemic but it's starting to lessen so as the build back um, world, uh, this is specifically on America, but as this is happening, there are people who are reorganizing their own thoughts and regrouping what they really want out of their lives and careers. So it centers around a couple different people. There's a uh, a 27-year-old software developer who, um, you know, it said that his name is Jonathan Caballero. Um he is you know, he'd been working from home due to the pandemic and then they he started calling people back to the office part time, but it's a forty five minute commute, so he started looking for a job with better remote work options and landed multiple offers. He says, I think the pandemic has changed my mindset in a way, like I really value my time now. So he's still working. Uh he just realizes that forty five minutes could be spent doing other things in 45 minutes there and back that's uh i'm guessing it's a 45 minute well it could be just one way uh, i mean round trip 45 minutes it just says this commute but if it's not then that's even more time and what does that that mean for all that that time just spent sitting in traffic so it is a fascinating uh idea as well there's a restaurant workers. They uh so the restaurant hospitality industry has uh lost seven hundred forty thousand people who quit in April. Um, you know, they from jobs in hotels, bars and restaurants, theme parks and other entertainment venues. One uh specific person, uh Jeremy Golombowski, I uh, could be mispronouncing. He's a general manager at a place and you know, he he realized that this was his whole life, working 50, 60 hours a week um, in the restaurant. He missed Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas morning with his family. And, you know, he's like, what am I doing? Like, I, I have little ones that I want to be there for. And, and um, basically, this this time is not allowing me to do that. It's taking me away more than it's letting me be there. Um, so he starts, He you know, he also got uh COVID from his job and he brought it to his family and so he was furloughed for a little while and you know then he resigned and now he's looking for new things and he says he wants a 40 hour work week um and again a lot of it is about remote work and there's um sadal neely as a professor at Harvard Business School and author of the book, Remote Work Revolution, Succeeding from Anywhere, wrote, We have changed. Work has changed. The way we think about time and space has changed. And it's true. It's very true. Like we and it's not for everybody, but there's a, a growing number who are reassessing their choices and trying to figure out how do I make the best of the life I want to lead? And what type of life is it that I want to lead? Do I want to be stuck in traffic for hours? Do I want to um, be at work for uh, more hours than I am at home with my family? You know, there's um, a uh, there's a s- a story about um, a lady named Alyssa Casey, who is a researcher for the federal government. Living in Washington, D.C., her family lives in Illinois and, you know, she wanted to be closer. So her and her husband rented a house in Illinois um before the holidays and they had a little pandemic bubble. And then it, she, it made her realize that she wants to be there closer to her family. As much as she enjoyed the life that she was living in D.C., her life has changed and she wants to be closer to her family. So, um there there she may have to quit her job and she's been doing it remotely but um you know she just she says i think the pandi- pandemic just allowed for time you just have more time to think about what you really want and it's true and you know it's not the same for everybody and not everybody sees it the same way but there is a large number in the country who are uh looking to make changes and more power to you if, if you want to make changes. I know it happened to me. Maybe it's happening to you and you're still struggling with the idea, but you're not alone. Check out the article on NPR. Maybe it'll help reframe it for your mind. All right. That's enough of that. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're switching to the positive side. It's time for positive news. Alright, so my first positive news story comes from the optimistdaily.com. Not to be confused with the Daily Optimist podcast, which you're listening to. OptimistDaily.com, dot com and it's uh about drones helping protect biodiversity on the Galapagos Islands by ridding them of rats. Don't worry, I'll tell you more. Alright, so there have been rat species, the black rat and the Norwegian rat, that have uh, made their way into some of the islands, Seymour Norte and Mosquera, when they arrived on ships in the 1800s and early 1900s. Seymour um, Norte, and I could be mispronouncing the names of the Galapagos Islands, uh, is home to one of the largest populations of frigate birds, but their eggs and offspring are constantly at risk of being snapped up by both species of rats. So, um Galapagos National Park and I uh worked with a nonprofit called Island Conservation and they had a 2-year rodent eradication program that began in January of 2019 where there was a we using drone pilots from Invicto Technologies where they were able to rid themselves of the rats. So, what happened is Bell Laboratories, they created a thing that they call conservation bait and it was um, distributed by the drones and guided by GPS. Once the bait was implemented, more bait was placed in stations along the coastline to ensure the, that no rodents reinvaded the island. They uh, captured the rats over the span of two years. Um, Danny Ruda, the director of the Galapagos National Park, said, After two years of waiting, this project has given the expected results. Galapagos, once again, is a benchmark in terms of the protection of this globally important ecosystem. So uh, law the, the article says, For long-term prevention, a biosecurity barrier comprised of 289 bait stations will be maintained to ensure that rodents from Santa Cruz or Baltra are st- staved off. So I guess it's the first time that drones have been used to eradicate invasive rodents. Um, In 2021, more rodent eradication projects uh, will be used on the island groups across the Pacific. And the idea is because the um, rodents have been the leading threat to the native biodiversity, and it's contributed to 86% of recorded extinctions. So there's... uh, they're looking for native plants and animals to return, such as Galapagos land iguanas and swallow-tailed gulls, which is the only nocturnal gull on the planet, it says, and then they can once again thrive undisturbed and uh, fulfill their ecological roles. I thought that was pretty fascinating, the use of technology to you know, help out the biodiversity. So, my second article is uh, from GMA, goodmorningamerica.com, and it's about two co-workers. So, they were co-workers and uh, had known of each other's difficulties with their husband. So, uh, each of their husbands was in need of a kidney transplant. And then, one day at work last fall, they stopped... Uh, According to the article by Katie Kindelin, they stopped to ask how their husbands were doing, and then they realized that maybe they can help. So, um, Wimbush, so the ladies are uh, Tia Wimbush and Susan Ellis, and their respective husbands are the ones who are having um, kidney or uh, in need of kidney transplant. Wimbush said, my thought immediately was that we could help each other and stop the suffering of two families. I called Rodney, her husband, immediately, and he and I were both just committed to moving forward and trying to help two families. So he was diagnosed with kidney failure in August 2019. and That came after being taken to the hospital due to high blood pressure. Um, he started dialysis uh afterwards and was put on the waiting list in spring of 2020 just as covid was uh, hitting the u.s and uh lance uh, ellis who is um susan's husband he received a kidney transplant from his mother uh some years back but went into acute acute renal failure in august 2019 And then he had been on dialysis and uh, treatments that would stretch for as long as five or six hours daily. And obviously he's in need of a kidney as well. So they went through the tests and they realized that they could each, each wife matched up to the opposite husband to be able to offer them kidneys. So they said, we're doing it we're doing it. And uh they were initially supposed to be scheduled in December, but then uh Lance Ellis was was hospitalized with um complications to from his uh, kidney failure. And then um they were rescheduled for January when Susan Ellis tested post- uh, positive for COVID. So they had to push it back f- till March 19th and then they did um they happened to arrive at the same time the three because um her ellis was already the husband was already in the hospital so they the three arrived at the same time they walked through together and they had successful surgeries over the course of a day um tia winbush says it was not as easy as i thought it was going to be but i'd absolutely do it again the feeling that i had after surgery is one that i almost can't describe just the hope and joy that I felt knowing that my kidney could be a part of the process that helped two people have a better quality of life after seeing what they've gone through in their kidney disease journey. Um, so they ended up all recovering pretty much in the same area next to each other and they would walk down the hall, check in on each other, talk, and just enjoy each other. And they, they now say they become family. Um... And they'll be forever grateful for each other, uh, and that they're they're hoping that their story is going to remind other people to stop and check in with each other, from coworkers to strangers to family members. Uh, Susan says, "Our story is of kindness. It ended up a kidney exchange. That was the result of it, but it started with human beings, just human beings, uh, uh, just human beings, and checking on each other." We're so busy with social media and texting and thinking that's not my business that we can self-isolate and we don't check in on our neighbors. This is the most important and rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I didn't do it for that, but it ended up being that way. And like I said, they said they're family now and that they're going to continue to bond together in this new way. So, amazing story. Congrats to all involved. I'm happy it was a successful surgery. And best of luck moving forward. All right. So now it's time for my step of the day. And it's simply the offer. All right. Offer. What does that mean? Offer to help. Offer to uh, show support. Offer guidance. Offer anything positive that you can think of offer it doesn't always have to be asked of you to do something nice or to help somebody you can offer as well and you know those two ladies they offered to help each other they didn't ask each other that I'll help you <laughs> that was it and so many times in life we get well if nobody asks me for anything then I'm not going to help and that's okay, because you know sometimes you have to be guarded, and sometimes you don't want to stretch yourself too thin, but if you can, you can also offer to help. I'm sure somebody along the way has helped you, at least I certainly hope so, and you can offer to help someone else. Like I said, guidance, support, um, whatever you can offer, offer it up, all right? And uh, my quote for that today is going to come from Mr. Fred Rogers. If you don't know him, I'm sorry. But he was an American television host, author, producer, and uh, minister. Created and was on the uh, wonderful show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which ran from 1968 to 2001. So, his quote is this. We live in a world... In which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. One more time. We live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond, I consider those people my heroes. Offer. You got this. I know you do. Alright. Thank you very much everybody for making it through this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you. Okay. I'm going to ask you again for help. Please rate, subscribe, and share. Rates with other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it and share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. I appreciate you all. All right. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be here with you again next week and we'll have some more new episodes of The Daily Optimist. Until then, everybody, please be well.